conversations about yesterday's animation. Animations. Saturday morning at Cartoon Fair. Days past. Welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. You might have some questions about what's going to happen on this podcast today. We got a lot of questions. Tough questions. Where? Why? Where? Why? Who? Who? What? When? Yes. All the Nick News W5 <laughs> questions. The number one question that we have to address, where in the world has Travis been recently? <laughs> Because there's been some behind-the-scenes business going uh-huh, on. You guys aren't aware been. of this, but you haven't been at the studio for a little while. We tried to record <laughs> remotely. It didn't happen. It didn't happen, yep, due to uh, technical <laughs> yes. issues. Yes, but you, we were trying to do that because... Because uh, COVID. COVID struck me and my family down. Because you guys decided to get COVID. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We were out there opening door handles with our mouths, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we got the COVID. <laughs> I, mm. I brought the Covey home for sure. You was, think you're the one that yeah, I was definitely the one. You were bringing home the bacon, and there was COVID on it. Uh-huh. Okay, yep, got it. Well, <laughs> yes. You well, will, I'm but... glad. I'm very glad that you're feeling better. Yes, I'm glad sir. that your son, the, your infant son, is no. Is he? He's all over it now. He's good. He's good. We're all good. Okay. So if all he cries, good. it's not because he's sick. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, diapy it's time. Dipe. It's a diape time or nap time yeah. or bottle time. Dipes, naps, bots. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know the use. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you back, buddy. Yes, sir. And I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. We need you at 100% to answer uh, all these questions that we have and today. And confident. You need me confident, too. I do need that. Are you feeling confident? Dude, 100%. Okay. Yeah. That's good, because there's another there's another big question that we also need to address, which is... Where in the world is... Carmen Sandiego? Where is she? Tell me. Where is she? Where is she, bro? Where in the whole fucking world is uh-huh. this lady? What's she doing out there? Where did she go? This is Everyone's asking this. They've been asking it since 1985. Uh-huh. We've been asking this. <laughs> and the answer is from Kiev to Carolina. Uh-huh. I mean, that, like yep. that's kind of the breadth of what we're looking at here. But also from 1994 to 1999, she was on Fox Kids uh-huh. on our televisions doing her own cartoon show. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a pretty well-known character. Oh, for sure, man. And not just in our generation. Yeah. Uh, she's a complicated figure <laughs> because she is a teacher of children, uh-huh. specifically about geography, but yeah. history and many other things. The queen of PBS. She was reigning queen of PBS uh-huh. for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Yes. Uh, she's a fashion icon. Mm-hmm. Red hat. Fashionista, you could red, say. Red yeah. trench coat. Almost like a streaker. <laughs> yeah. I, I think dress, if she didn't have the scarf. Like a, dress like a streaker. I don't think there's a lot of lady streakers going around. That You're seems right. like a purely man <laughs> thing. Dude thing right? yeah, yeah, like that's the sort of thing that it's <laughs> like the world would be very different for men uh-huh. if there were more lady streakers. First off, no cops would be called. Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I don't feel like these if they're out there, they're not being reported. Uh, no, so not let's at take all. her off of the potential lady streaker list. Okay. Let's remove her, let, give her that respect and say that she's a fashion icon. But she's also a criminal mastermind. Yeah. You can't also trust her. Kind of a douche. I mean, she's out there sealing the Statue of Liberty. She's not David just, Copperfield style, baby. Yeah, she's not just like pick, like stealing jewels uh-huh. from from the jewel store. 
from the old jewel store down the, she's not breaking in your house she is stealing entire buildings Air Force One shit she's probably taking Air Force One a couple times right over. out of the sky yep. as it's flying anything in the Smithsonian it's is has been stolen her, by her, her menu yeah. at some point because <laughs> she's pretty much always successful in the initial stealing yeah and then someone else is going to take it away from her and we're going to learn a lot of lessons along the way she does all this in broad daylight she is brazen <laughs> She is. As a criminal. She is taunting authorities with clues. Uh-huh. And so it seems like the government has just- Her exact coordinates will be given to you yes. for the crime, yeah. But they've just given up. The authorities have washed their hands of this and handed it over, outsourced it to <laughs> the Acme Detective Agency. Yep. A private security contractor exclusively employing children. Uh-huh. Those are all their detectives are kids. <laughs> and which may be why she is still at large 40 years later. Good point. Because they're putting kids on this the job. a good point, yeah. You will learn and use your knowledge of geography and history, et cetera, to recover these items. And you're going to come away with a better brain. Uh. So maybe she's doing us a favor. I don't know. She's complicated. She's a complicated lady. <laughs> and no one understands her but... But Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> Carmen only knows Carmen. And she doesn't seem like someone who's confused about her identity. She knows what she's out for. She definitely knows what she's about. Bro. She knows what she wants. Yeah. And she's willing to do anything to get it. <laughs> Carmen Diego was born out of, we're talking about learning a lot. Geography is the name of the game oh, here. Oh, yeah, baby. Because we're talking about the golden age of edutainment. Uh-huh. And that's, if you don't know, this is the act of tricking children into learning by disguising the learning as fun. Uh-huh. And the place that it was most distilled down to a perfection was in the world of video games in the 80s and 90s. Yep. We grew up in it. Oregon Trail. It was the Oregon yes. Trail days, baby. Oregon Trail is, is <laughs> and they've really lost a lot of foothold competing with Carmen Sandiego because that's not a real sexy game. You need to decide when to set off on the trail. Like Carmen Sandiego, it's like, <laughs> oh, we're solving crimes. We're detectives. And this is the one that's like, hey, your kids all died. You crossed the river. Every horse died. You may not get to Oregon before winter, which can be very dangerous. I, I don't really know what I learned from the Oregon Trail. Uh-huh. Most of us just learned how hard it was to be alive. <laughs> and that's just always true if you go back further than 50 years. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, pink yeah. eye will take you out, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's a lethal disease. Mm-hmm. They'll just leave you on the side of the trail. Oh, for sure. You end up with They'll that. They'll set you on fire. <laughs> <laughs> But that is where Carmen Sandiego got her start in 1985 with the PC game. Where in the world is? They didn't have the song yet. Uh-huh. And that that was a problem for them. Yep. Because, I mean, it did well without that. So you can only imagine when they added the song in later, skyrocketed. Uh-huh. Like if it's like in your board meeting and it's like, oh, in 1994, I see they added the, and then the, the graph just goes off. <laughs> Off the water. They had to put five graph papers on top of that yes. point. Yeah. So this is really a covert video game cartoon because I don't think anybody, when they think of Carmen Sandiego, thinks video games. Not at all. But nope. she has like over 30 video games to <laughs> and, her name. And one of them was where in South Dakota. Yes. <laughs> it's Carmen Sandiego. Well, so what happened was they started trying, because they did where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, uh-huh. geography based. Yep. And it wasn't intended as an edutainment thing. <laughs> it was just intended as a game and you use an almanac that comes with the game. Like this is back when PC games used to come with what they would call feelies, I believe. Oh, Which what? are just, yeah, I know. It sounds bad. Yeah. It's actually just a cool item that you would get with the computer game. Okay. And in this case, you've got like a little almanac book. Uh-huh. Then they kept coming out with sequels. Some of them go in so far as like where in time is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, space. Like, yep. and maybe, I don't know, like how far can she go? <laughs> Is she out stealing Uranus? I don't. mm, That's a high level. She can have it. (laughs) She is an early crush. Let's just get this out of the way. Oh, for sure, bro. And and it's great because she is not sexualized in any way. 
her entire body is covered. Definitely an early, early crush for sure. It's all in the styes. Uh-huh. The styes. <laughs> All the styles all over her face. It's all in the eyes and the style and the attitude and but, the voice. But, but I get I get weird mixed emotions, though. My sister's name is Carmen. Well, I hope you can get over that someday because, I mean. Well, I married my sister is what happened. So, so yeah, you guys are very happy. Very happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Does your girlfriend strong. know about that? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? The South Dakota thing. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> Back to that. Yeah. yeah. The South Dakota thing. What happened is they were toying with the idea of doing a Carmen San Diego game for each state. So that you could do it on based on like Texas history, Texas records, yeah. in this case, South Dakota. I don't know why South Dakota <laughs> was the one that got the spotlight first, but apparently it didn't kick off enough for them to continue with that trend. And I would say, Stop yeah, there. they don't have a lot of people there. Start with California. Yeah. Only do the big states. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, Alaska, yeah, for, California, Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know what's the next biggest that, one. I mean, none of them exist to me, so. Are, are you one of those state deniers? Oh, for sure. No. Yeah, this isn't your kind of thing, man. <laughs> But this was the golden age of edutainment, of PC games, in the era of the floppy disk. This Oof. isn't even CD-ROM. Bro, I know. Yeah, it's Craziness. wild. This is, it was a complete crapshoot if the game would even work. This is my experience as a, a kid who did not know enough about computers at all, but ran one with his dad, who was like 50 <laughs> at the time, and we would want to play games. I would beg my dad to buy some game at Babbage's or CompUSA. We would get it home, but there was always this tension of, I don't know enough about computers to know if my computer will run this program. Right. And then even if it will, you won't find out until you maneuver through the labyrinths of DOS to install the damn thing with like 10 (laughs) floppy disks in the first place. Uh And so like to get this, I mean, I didn't have this game, but to get Doom on your computer was a tall order. A tall, expensive order. It was. So there's something mysterious and weird about PC games where it's like, well, there must be some magic in there because it's so goddamn hard to get it on the computer in the first place. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was I'm, in my house. It was such a, a, a source of tension. And I felt guilty a lot of the time. You have all parents. You'd have both your parents in there, like one underneath the table. Oh, my mom above. didn't want to go fucking near. She doesn't even want to look at an iPhone now. Like. <laughs> She hates her laptop. She's angry at every technological development in her life. Oh, so your dad, your dad, dad would help was, you out? Yeah, because well, he, he wanted to play Doom 2, and he wanted to make sure I could play the game that he just dropped 60 bucks on. Uh-huh. And I'm the one that begged for it. If we could get it loaded, if we couldn't, I'm already feeling bad. And then if we loaded it and it wasn't that great, what can I do? I wouldn't tell anybody that I played it for an hour and never touched it again. Uh-huh. So I'm carrying a lot of shame. Dude, that is. A bro, lot of guilt. Come here. Come here. No. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. you're still getting over a lot, it sounds like. <laughs> this game was created by a company called border bund Mm. border bund who also published a not an edutainment but it was a real brain teaser video game Uh, another huge everybody from our generation certainly would remember it mist with a y m-y-s-t did you ever play mist no sir no do you do are you aware of it i've heard of it i've heard about heard tell (laughs) i've heard i've heard tales (laughs) Of Mist. Okay, uh-huh. Mist, Mist was a CD-ROM game. For those that played it, you know, like, it's a puzzle game. There's no action. You're just kind of going from screen to screen on an island, trying to put together these weird puzzles to figure out the mystery of what happened here. I realized the moment I fell into the fissure that the book would not be destroyed as I had planned. But it is I, maybe covertly, not edutainment, because you're not learning about a real place, but you are having to use logic, and sometimes not logic, just like, oh, well, how the fuck do I know that book goes there? Right. Kind of adventure game logic there. But they're in charge of two games that just took over brains. <laughs> games for brains. <laughs> Talking brain games, baby. That's Border Bund. Br- Broder. 
Broader, broader bun. Is it broader bun? Broader bun. Broader. How, broader how broad do these fucking buns get? <laughs> broader bun. Yeah, broader bun. Broader bun. I'm looking it up to prove you right. Okay. You're 100 percent right. Broader bun. Broader bun. Broader bun. That's the name of the company. Thank you, Travis, you're for correcting welcome. me. I don't yeah. want to get those t- tweets or emails. Uh, you're, you're like off us. mic. You're like, don't don't correct me like hey, that again on no, on podcast. Hey, Travis, I really appreciate what you did. Don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's why we need a, a producer is to uh-huh. handle oh, that kind of thing. So I can sit, look at them and be like, get him in line. Hit him. Hit him. <laughs> they just have a long, like 20 foot bat to get you from all the way over there. Made by Broderbund. Broderbund. <laughs> as I said before, not intended as an educational game, but it got popular in classrooms. Teachers were using it as a tool. So I they mean, could go to sleep. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. Oh, there's a woman in like a pixelized red coat walking across the screen and he goes, <laughs> You know, and that because she's tiptoeing. Did, did you ever play any Carmen Sandiego I didn't. games? Nope. Okay. I didn't either. No, the closest I got, the closest. The I, didn't love me. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want you hearing all these. No, I think, Travis, they were trying to protect you from all the uh, misinformation oh. and disinformation coming from these quote unquote edutainment <laughs> games. I played kind of a Nintendo knockoff version. Okay. Starring the Nintendo man himself, Mario, called. Mario is missing. Luigi, what do you say we give a Bowser the old Brooklyn one, two? The Brooklyn what? Oh, what shit. Called. No yeah, way. I had it on my PC, and of course, it just looked cool because it's like, Mario is missing? What What happened? I got to know. And it's with an exclamation point, so it's like that's already you know drawing my attention. Luigi's got to find out what, it's essentially where in the fuck is Mario <laughs> Luigi? <laughs> Mario Mario, I think is his name. But you're so you play Luigi and it's it's not an action game. It's not a side scroller. Yep. You were walking around badly rendered areas and you were like taking taxi cabs to different areas and of the answering world. Answering questions. Answering questions, gathering information so that you can finally figure out where Bowser or whoever. I think it's let's just say it's Bowser. Hit yeah, Mario. Like Bowser. He's got him hidden somewhere in Europe. Yeah. I guess. Because there's a lot of Europe. And so what I remember from it. But it was just clearly Okay, let's just do Carmen San Diego, but in Mario's world. But then not bring in any of the fun elements of Mario, like jumping or even mushrooms. Tubes, baby. Tubes. Tubes. Give me pipes. Yeah. So I've got kind of the experience. Uh. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> but Carmen could not be contained. You can't, bro. You can't hold her back. Her popularity led to, of all things, a PBS game show. And one of these gumshoes could find her. And this is probably the best known outlet for Carmen San Diego. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. people don't say, oh, the video game character, the cartoon character. No, they mean the lady that was the villain uh-huh. of a game show on PBS. <laughs> and PBS is the edutainment mecca. Let's get that oh, straight 100%, right now. Dude. Everything on there is meant to edutain. Yep. Sesame Street. Caillou. Boom. Damn, Caillou. What's Caillou? Uh, the little boy. The little boy, the little cartoon. Is that a recent you, you one? Oh, yeah, it's pretty recent. I mean, you, you've, you've raised kids. So. Definitely since early 2000s. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I was out, I was out oh, of high school. I wasn't watching PBS. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're kidding right. me? You're right. I don't know shit about Arthur? that. Arthur? You got Arthur? I know about Arthur. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I know he ended recently. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think I think they match, uh, they kind of pair Caillou with Arthur. Okay, it's similar, quiet, inoffensive. Oh, for sure. Soft relationships. Yeah, it's, it's shit. Soft people, <laughs> soft people for soft minds. <laughs> you, you, you you try to skim past Caillou if your kids see, you know, right. they'll yeah, make you like, stop it. This They're is Ca- oatmeal for the brain. Man, Caillou will just, it will beat you down. PBS, 
public broadcasting system syndicate. <laughs> yes, syndicate. syndicate. Yeah, they're a crime syndicate of, of edutainment cr- criminals, <laughs> edu criminals. For the show, they would look in the New York area for kids between eight and thirteen to come on the show and compete as agents for the Acme Detective Agency. Again, yep. they only hire kids. I don't know if this is a international <laughs> child labor laws; just they can't keep up with them. That's all and they're so funded for. That's what they're. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're a private company. Uh. They're not government sanctioned. <laughs> it doesn't seem. <laughs> But the kids had to take a geography test to participate in the show, which is a great idea because you don't want an eight-year-old to go on the show and be excited and just be answering like, I don't know, whenever the questions come up and just start crying uh-huh. on stage because they don't get... Exactly. Apples. I live in this street. Where you want me to go? <laughs> oh, no. We got to start. Maybe they did that once and like, no, we need a test. Yeah. You, you got to be a top tier student to yeah, get on this these show, kids, bro. Because you and I sampled an episode from the time. And I, w- I would fail miserably. I, I was, my brain melted out of my ears when these kids were just answering these questions. I love seeing kids answer with such confidence. They were all better. Even the one that lost first knows way more about geography than me. Geography is not a subject that I held on to for long. Same. I held on to it long enough to take geography, AP geography in seventh grade. And I was already mad that I had to do. Well, because I was just like, I don't know. Fucking, I don't care. Like maps, geography is, there's a lot of maps. Uh-huh. In geography, right? Yep. And maps are cool. They're visual. You can make them colorful. You can make them interesting. But the only maps that I was interested in were of fictional places, like where Doctor Doom rules in Marvel, like Latveria or Narnia or something like those maps. I will draw and memorize all day long. But you're like, hey, here's a map of Texas, the place where you live. Guess where Austin is? And I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. No, I don't want to know. And so that was the first AP class that I dropped. I started in all AP, ended up with no AP. Nice. And geography was the first card to fall. That was the downhill slope, yeah, huh? man. And then here I am talking about cartoons. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> lost, <laughs> yeah. lost his shit. Oh, and don't think that's like for money. That's huh? not, that's not, that's not a job that I'm doing right now. <laughs> Did you, you must've wanted to go on game shows as a kid. Oh, for sure, yeah. bro. Do you remember any that you would have seen and um, wanted to hop on? Uh, definitely the Nickelodeon one. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I watched the documentary, I wa- but I forgot the name of it. I want to hear you find it. <laughs> Does it happen to have a talking giant head? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. So I'm fi- I'm forgetting Double oh, Dare. Oh, oh, oh t- Temple Temple of okay. Boom. Yeah, Temple's of Doom. <laughs> Temple's of Doom. My bad. Temple's of Boom's a Cypress Hill album. <laughs> it's not Temple of Doom either. That's an Indiana Jones movie. Oh. No, but you're close. It's uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. But you're talking bro. about Double Dare, right? Yes. Okay, so Double yeah. Dare. Yeah, see, all of the Nickelodeon ones. Uh-huh. I was so what jazzed about. What would you about. do? Bro, I was all what, jazzed what, what up. What would you do? <laughs> How about this? What, 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 wild and Crazy Kids. Yes, bro. All of these are all great. All those. I wanted, to, I wanted to get a yellow shirt on and just go crazy. Yes. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple with Olmec, the big talking stone head. Uh-huh. Uh, probably not sensitive to Aztec culture in any way, but that one, <laughs> I liked any of the ones where it's like, you're going to answer trivia for a while, and then at the end, you're thrown into a physical challenge. Uh-huh. That's a great like because just to watch Jeopardy that's what they should do on Jeopardy <laughs> at a certain point then you start fighting you put yeah. boxing gloves on let's get it like a giant Alex Trebek mascot comes out and chases you around the studio <laughs> until you get something <laughs> bro that would heat it up bro that'd be great yeah, I, Jeopardy would. I know you guys are struggling over there uh-huh. let's talk let's talk about it uh, we're in the world's Carmen San Diego uh-huh. it was hosted by a man named Greg Lee yep. who I don't know anything about other than what I saw in that video which is that he he didn't seem like he wanted to be there <laughs> They're there, right there. Anytime you answer a question correctly, we're going to give you 10 more crime bucks. And the two of you with the highest scores at the end of this round will then proceed to the next round. 
this guy, maybe this is episode like 200 or something and he's just over it. This was the backup thing I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> but the, the real star of the show was Len Thigpen as the chief. Oh, yeah. For Hello, sure. Gumshoes. Gumshoes, I'm counting on you to crack today's case. Ooh. 20th century rat. She's an all-timer. She's just one of the coolest ladies in the world. I don't even give a shit what else she did. She could have she could have murdered thousands <laughs> and done this show in the red suit as, Hello, Gumshoes. This is Lynn Thigpen, but where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And remember, five other senses you need, four putting crooks on the run, three chances to fight against greed. To be sure, justice has won. Go get him, Gumshoes. The chief was a character who was supposed to be the boss of Acme Detective Agency. So she's the one handing out the missions. And then I guess the host is just some rando uh-huh. that came in and is now hosting a show. <laughs> did he did he stay the host for the entire run? I don't know. He did the whole episode. He did make it to the end of the episode <laughs> for sure. Like, And I wasn't sure Touché. if he would. Touche. I wasn't sure if he would. Um, This is some of the most... I was flabbergasted how much production they put into the show. I don't mean it was high production value, but they're singing clues, yes. cutaway jokes, animations, pre-recorded segments with actors playing other villains and characters, like everything that really doesn't belong on a game show. Uh-huh. They were just doing all this unnecessary work to make this show extremely complicated. It wasn't even the rules. Right. Like they would cut back to the kids every five minutes. The kids were not the stars. That and I think they they knocked out all six five episodes in like in like three weeks. I don't Bro, I they, don't they, doubt they were, it. They were running through it. Man, that's how these types of things go. Like you you watch one and you think like, oh that's a day's work. And it's like, no, that's a three hours work. They, uh-huh. They're running through this shit and getting people in and out. Like Steve Harvey, it's, he is robotized at this point doing Family Feud. Oh, for yeah, sure. Like he he must just be like, keep it on a schedule. Keep them going. Like they're on it. Like, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> robotized. And huge part of the production of the game show, they're doing all kinds of work. They're doing not just songs. They're not just the live band. They're in skits. Yep. They're doing uh, all kinds of visual gags. <laughs> Side noises they're, for yeah, the game yeah, itself. It's like Doug. It's like we're on Doug. All the voice, all the music is made by mouths for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Hired mouths, union <laughs> mouths, because they are rockapella. They're rockapella. Uh huh. They're not acapella. <laughs> They're acapella with a little bit of crunch, a little bit of texture to it. Yep. Rockapella, a New York acapella group founded in 1986. They started in Brown University. All of them were at various times in a group there called High Jinx. Mm-hmm. Not High Jinx, but High H-I-G-H Jinx. Mm. Man, what what is the tradition here of, of acapella groups? Because I, why are they the worst? Uh. Why is corniness not even accepted, but the norm. It's what you shoot for. Uh-huh. Like it's, And we make fun of it in sitcoms and shit all the time. It's like, oh, the funny names that they would have. But that is them. And are they serious? What are, <laughs> what are they? Because they have this, I think it's the heritage of barbershop quartets. Yes. Of like, that is yeah, innately that, corny. That, that funk on it. But that's naturally corny. Like, that's just them being men in 1800s or something. Uh-huh. Early 1900s. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It is... It is the worst combination of musical theater and comedy uh. <laughs> because they always have to be funny. There are no serious acapella groups out there. You're right. Unless they're like a choir. That's a different <laughs> job. That's They're not singing acapella. acapella. They're not singing that. They are always trying to be funny and they know the jokes are bad. Oh, but we sing too. So we get to be bad at that and be good at singing. We got to do both. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Do. Now, these guys are acapella. On the show, at least, 
they look like pickup artists. Uh-huh. They are dressed in the 20s detective, like throwing back a bourbon style. And when grown men, because these guys don't look young, like right. they look like they're in their 30s, 40s, are doing that and, and singing songs to people. I just assume, because <laughs> I mean, the, the lineup has changed over the years, and I'm not making an allegation. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, where did they go? Why <laughs> did we move Suggesting. them? Suggesting. Did, an allegation. Is it maybe the Catholic move of like, we'll just move them to a different Rockapella and uh, quietly not <laughs> tell anyone? I don't, I'm sure they're fine. I just, they give off this vibe of like one, I'm hired clown, yes, hired clown vibe. Yes. They're, they're going to do anything to entertain. Jesters, dirty little jesters. I don't like it. They're talented and they did write a great song. Well, she sneaks around the world from to Carolina. It's so bouncy and funky. You could turn this into a spin doctor song. Oh, for sure. Incredible, right? Carmen San Diego. The best thing about Carmen San Diego, the franchise. Uh-huh. Everyone somehow knows it, even if you've never seen the show. You uh-huh. know that song. It is a great song. It, it's it's the uh, comparison of DuckTales, too. Yes. Woo-hoo. We all know. Woo. DuckTales, <laughs> woo. We all know the DuckTales theme song. We all know the Carmen San Diego theme song. Yep. We know the Full House theme song. <laughs> family Matters. Oh, Full House. I don't remember the Family Matters one. If someone started off, I'd, I'd be able to continue. But, I like that you brought it up. You brought it. You threw it into the into onto into the, the table. Ether. Yeah, and then it's like you made a that's what you I made do. a bet, and then you pulled it back. It's what I. It's what I do. You're like, can I please pull my chips back? <laughs> hey, my hand. My hands never left them. That's they never right. left. That's right. It was legal. So with with that song in mind, that great classic. Yeah. Let's bring up. Another Carmen Sandiego theme song. Mm-hmm. One that has its own merits, I guess, but it's not in the same fucking ballpark. Where is Carmen Sandiego? Carmen Sandiego. This is the theme song for Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego, the uh-huh. title of the cartoon <laughs> series we're here to talk about today. It sounds celebratory. Uh-huh. I mean, there are fireworks going off. This is not a question. <laughs> they are, this is not the sound of a question or yeah. the sound of mystery. <laughs> You're celebrating the, the finding of yes. said Carmen San Diego. This is the best part, though. They're so passionate about the various things that she has stolen. I swear they just wrote another song about discovering what true love is and the joy, the ode to joy that it is, and then just stuff these lyrics into it. Why would you do this? This is like... <laughs> This is like if you go see Leonard Skinner and they do some remixed version of Freebird. They don't even play the right version that you uh-huh. want to hear because they've played it a thousand times. Oh, we're tired of it, so we got to give you a different version. Just give us what we want. <laughs> Just give us the same thing you've had the whole time. It's the best thing about you. Okay? But that, that was firework and laser heavy, bro. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, because it's the intro. So you see Carmen Sandiego in the tune and, like, they're in China, I guess, like, in, in one of their, like, uh, big dragon head... Uh, festivals or I don't know what they're called obviously I like it. I haven't watched enough of the show to learn that yet I got a computer game that would just clean you right up oh, cool. you right up buddy Mario's missing <laughs> Mario's missing too still missing maybe Mario doesn't want to be found that's the <laughs> it's so celebratory it's it's very strange but it's a big energetic opening to yep. a pretty energetic show like we're pretty caffeinated right now fuck yeah we're drinking some good bold cold brew cold and bold that's how I like my From coffee concentrate and that's kind of the show at large. It's a very caffeinated vibe. It mm-hmm. is 1995, 94, 95, whichever. It is very caffeinated. I do want to know why there was the name change. Because where on earth is Carmen Sandiego is part of the reason you can't do the song. Where on earth 
Yes. No, it's not syncopated enough. <laughs> I It was running at the same time it crossed over with the PBS game show. So maybe it's just that you can't have two shows with the exact same title on TV both with different stations that they're on. Or maybe it's just a matter of they didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but it messes up the rhythm, so they had to go with this thing, which, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it had 40 episodes over four seasons, 1994 to 1999. Fox Kids. Fox is, Kids, baby. Fox Kids is where it lived. Bro, eat the cat, shout out. The home of many classics. This is a Deke cartoon, which, of course, usually means do it cheap. That's oh, the production baby. company, Deke. But this cartoon feels relatively expensive compared to other stuff that they've done. It's got CGI in it. Yes. It seems like it's going the next level. There's a lot going on. A lot of scene changes. Well animated, too. The main sections of the cartoon are well animated. So, yeah, that and the amount of edutaining they're doing on it earned them a 1995 Daytime Emmy oh, for baby. Outstanding Children's Animated Program. Edutainment. They sh- that's what they really should have got. They should set a separate award aside for the edutainers of the world because I don't know if they should be with the entertainers uh. or the educators. We're not putting them with educators. Mm. Don't put them with entertainers or the infotainers. That's well said. Yeah, you got to keep them all separate. Listen to the offspring on this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Noodles and, and Dexter Holland. They know what they're talking about. Here's the deal with this. Broderbund was still... Broderbund, whatever, <laughs> was still in charge of Carmen Sandiego through all this, which is great for them because it was booming. They had to approve of all the scripts for the show because they didn't trust Fox. Fox was the home of Power Rangers and the X-Men. Morph died in the first episode of X-Men. We're still not over this. Yeah. These were soap operas with kung fu <laughs> and mutant powers and, and, and violence and giant robots. So... They had to basically just go prune through it, like, no, nah, we're not going to kick somebody in the chest or whatever the, the action might be. And this is why you end up with a 12-minute adventure padded with a constant barrage of edutainment about Alexander Graham Bell or whoever the fuck. Uh-huh. Okay? It is just, I mean, and it's a good show. How much of this show is about the characters on the show? Uh-huh. About half of it. And then the other half is them just spouting <laughs> fucking edu, the edu part of the edutainment. Uh-huh. Yeah. We watched the first episode, the premiere episode, called The Stolen Smile. Mm. And it begins in the Netherlands. Or Holland, if you're a dick. It's, or Dexter Holland, <laughs> if you're awesome. <laughs> Holland, if you're a dickhead. Wow, man. Yeah. Going strong on the Holland supporters. <laughs> there was, there was no, no restraint in your voice at all. It was, <laughs> you must have had a bad experience, like a man. Like a damn bullet. Damn. Yikes. Uh, at the Vincent Van Gogh exhibit in Amsterdam, specifically. You ever been? You ever been to uh, that part of the No, world, sir? I've only ever been to Asia. The one mm. time, that's the only time I've left the country. And uh, <laughs> and I'm not going anywhere else. No, I mean, I, I'm Europe at large would be, there's a lot of cool spots. Hell I mean, yeah. I think Amsterdam tends to be the place that it's like, well, if you want to do this list of things that are illegal uh-huh. in America, that's where you want to go. And that, <laughs> if I, I you mean, want to smoke weed in, yeah, in an exotic coffee bar. If you want to smoke weed out of uh, a sex worker's ear <laughs> and like any number of things like this is the place to go. And it's great. And but like it's kind of like, well, that's cool. What else is there to do in Amsterdam? I'm sure a lot. So, yeah, I, I, I would go to Amsterdam. <laughs> Yeah, and like eat some kind of illegal food, like a brownie, like an an elephant egg or something. (laughs) You didn't know that they do that, but that's because they're they're endangered. The eggs. So I I would go. I would go check it out. I I don't think you would find me in the red light district. Yeah, yeah, me either. 
Carmen Sandiego waltzes, just waltzes in uh-huh. to this this exhibit. Like she, I don't know, she, she just kind of does whatever she wants. There is never enough security to keep Carmen Sandiego out of whatever it is she's too trying smart, to get to. Bro. Too fucking tenacious. Yeah. And she is voiced by a famous, famous person named Rita Moreno, who I know is famous for other things, but Travis. Just a few episodes ago, we were talking about a great television show. One of the all-time American television shows, Oz, on HBO. <laughs> yes. The prison drama. She was the nun on Oz. She was great on that show, and that's the only way that I knew her until I realized, oh, she's like an important part of Hollywood history. Having wow. been in the original West Side Story and now in the more recent one, which I really enjoyed. So, She's an important lady, and she decided, yeah, sure, I'll be this criminal in a fucking cool outfit. I'll I'll be be, this hot criminal. Yeah, and she's got a great voice for it, too. Now I will unveil my masterpiece for you, and then I'll keep it forever in my private art museum. I need to brush up on my Oz, too, by the way. I Man, I've been kind of tempted to go back. I know it's going to be rough, because it's... It's not—we talked about it already, very litigated this, but, like, <laughs> this was not polished HBO yet. Oh, for so sure. It's got rough edges on that thing. <laughs> rough ones. But, yeah, I, I'm there, too, man. Let you me let know. me know. Let me know. We'll jump together. No, but you let me know. Uh, okay. Just let me know. But you let me know, though. Just let me know when you yeah, get to fine. that. So, know. I don't know if this is canon in this show or if it's something that came up in the 2019 uh, Netflix, Netflix version. Right. But it seems that the story is that she is a former Acme agent. She used to be a detective at the Acme Detective Agency. It makes me wonder, between the child labor and her going rogue on them, I do question what's really going on at Acme. Uh What's the oversight? Like, the chief is obsessed with Carmen Sandiego specifically. When have we ever had an entire, like, branch, private or governmental, that is only about one person? That's (laughs) I don't see Acme going after any other, you know, large, large large-scale villains. They're just going after Carmen Sandiego, this one thief. And the umbrella underneath her, which which ultimately will lead back to yes, said Carmen Yes, it's Sandiego. always coming back to her. So I got a question, like, is this just a personal vendetta? Are they laundering money through, like, like this is like the war on drugs. You're not going to stop Carmen Sandiego, uh-huh. clearly. She can steal the pyramid in broad daylight. No one stops her. Right. So now you just say, you pull a McNulty and you just say, hey, give me funding for that. And then you secretly, like, <laughs> a put it toward your serial killer case or whatever, you know? <laughs> is that what they're doing there? And that's why they put kids in the front lines to uh-huh. distract. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. Who, what, where, when, why, how? Let me know. <laughs> she steals just Van Gogh's eyes from a self-portrait that he made and then immediately evades arrest. So she gets into this high security place and evades arrest completely, having not just stolen a piece of art, but like mutilated it. it. Yeah, she she's it. fucked it up. That's just a demonstration of her ability, her skill, her powers. It seems I, almost superhuman levels and a high level of disrespect. Come on, just steal the whole painting. Don't be a, it'll be rude. Or at least cut it at home. Uh-huh. Like, well, that that is the kind of thing where it's like, I'm such a cat burglar. I won't even steal the painting and then cut out the piece I need later. I'm going to waste time cutting out the fucking eyes in the building with people in it, with security guards, with dogs. Right. And the thing. Dog cut it heavy. out. Yes. She's a menace and she must be stopped. It needs to be stopped. And no one is stopping her. <laughs> It's always two steps forward, one step back with this lady Uh and and the Acme people. I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) But just let me know. Just let me know about that, Oz. (laughs) Yeah. So we pull out to reveal 
that all of this is occurring in a 1990s computer monitor, the thick back kind. Oh, like, thick back, Those baby. shits are heavy uh-huh, because- 85 me, pounds minimum Oh, dude, that like, monitor. That was one of the best things to smash when my friends and I used to smash things when we were teenagers. We would go out on big trash day and just like people would leave out toilets and, and ovens and TVs and these, you know, uh, cathode ray things that are always heavy, but that you wanted that heaviness because when you throw it, it's very satisfying. We would throw them down a flight of stairs at a local elementary school- Police come find me. I, I'm a Carmen San Diego wow. here. And wherever we could, that was concrete to smash them. Uh-huh. And the things that were just the best smash were, well, actually the toilets were the best because it was like the whole thing explodes. Oh, man. But the, the computer monitors, these old ones, were great. But one time we threw one and it smashed and we heard like gas was escaping. Oh, no. So we just ran. We were like, oh, no, what's in these? So you got to be careful <laughs> if you're going to smash those. You went bat with it, too? You got you ever get a bat? No, no, no. no, no, no. Y'all just did stairs. Here's what we would do. We would throw it, and probably before we even saw it smash, start running back to the car to drive the hell out of there. And then, like great master criminals, we were a bunch of Carmen San Diego's. So we would return to the scene of the crime within oh, an hour no. and go look at what it, we had done. Never got in trouble. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Asking the cop questions like, hey, so do we know who did this wow. or what? what? What kind of maniac, what kind of sexy maniac would do this? I don't know. But probably somebody really smart and cool, right? Officer, <laughs> I'm 16 years old. You're sitting there, still have the work gloves on from <laughs> yeah, the- exactly. We pull out to see that everything has been happening in this 1990s computer monitor at a 1990s bedroom desk in a 1990s child's bedroom like everything is so i mean it's very set dressed like it looks way staged it's specific but it's very specifically 90s it's got sports trophies there's a stereo there's a baseball glove you were in Corey from boy meets world's bedroom boom Yes, there it is. That's it. That's if where you're he at. had a glamour shot of Lady Liberty, the Statue of Liberty, because he has just a poster of that yeah, on his right. wall. You're right. Lots of baseball stuff. And there's a little boy whose face we never see. He is playing a game on his computer. He's playing Carmen San Diego. Uh-huh. And this is Player. They just call him Player. I got away again, Player. I can catch you, Carmen. Go ahead. Try. Carmen Sandiego is typing things back to him, which would, that's an incredible video game. They should have made that. Uh-huh. Like, it's like Dr. Spazzo, but <laughs> with Carmen Sandiego just taunting you. But it's basically just them taunting each other. That's the setup for the show. And it doesn't, it's weird how much they refer to the player. But on one hand, he has nothing to do with what happens in the episode because he doesn't make any choices. On the other hand, they refer to him constantly throughout the show. And he is the one playing the video game. And it is a video game. Like everything's happening in a computer. So technically he is in control of the show. And we're basically, this is like an early Twitch. that yeah. We're just watching him play Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird <laughs> setup for the thing. He clicks on Acme Detective Agency on his computer. There's a little banner. And we're immediately introduced to someone who I'm going to say, hashtag not my chief. Yeah. This is not. Yeah, Egon. We got Egon popping up on so the screen. It looks so much like animated Egon. With yeah. the big, it's the big blonde pompadour, the glasses. Now, he sounds more like Fred Schneider from the B-52s. Yeah, and looks like Mac, uh, Max Hedstrom. Uh, Headstrom? Uh, Headroom. Headroom. Max, Max Headroom. Headroom. It's like they took Max Headroom and ironed out all the glitches. Because uh-huh. that's the funniest thing about Max Headroom. It's <laughs> that beep, 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 beep. You know, like that kind of shit. And uh-huh. this guy is just. Where on earth is Carmen San Diego? Who's the guy that hosted the show that Heidi Klum used to host? Uh, that I'm going to look it up. We're looking it up. This is a live look up on Days Past Tunecast. It's a new featured segment. Just, just, just use Heidi those keyboard Klum. sounds from uh, Carmen Sandiego. This is going to be worth it, guys. I promise you. <laughs> when I say this person's name and then we it's immediately building. move on. It was Project Runway. 
Project Runway. Yes. Okay. And it's Tim Gunn is his name. Yep. This guy has those vibes because it seems like he is judging the player uh-huh. and the kids on the show. <laughs> like he he is above them. He's just ahead. He's a computer program. It seems like, I don't know, maybe he's a real guy that's just like hologramming in. <laughs> <laughs> but his head appears and he just does little jokes and gives you a lot of information about wherever you're going. And talk about caffeinated, man. This guy's over, <laughs> way over caffeinated. Okay, let's bust a move, player. Pick a detective. And this time, make it good. But it is a video game. It is a straight up video game. There's a character selection screen where the player gets to select two players, Ivy and Zach. Yep. Who are a sibling duo that detect and they are definitely kiddos. Yep. Zach is the younger one, Ivy the older. Ivy is a female wheeler from Planeteers. Yes. She is rough around the edges. She is wearing basically dressed like a Planeteer. She has like khakis and a and a weird khaki sh- a jacket on or yep. whatever. Hello player. Thanks for picking me. I've got a grudge to settle with that Carmen San Diego. She is really just the tough guy of the two of them. When there's kung fu to be done, she gives him a kung fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's super smart. That's just how these detectives are. That's how they're trained up. And she's kind of a hard ass towards her brother, Zach, who is an amalgamation of safe, cool boy archetypes. Like he could have been the star or the best friend of a lot of Disney movies, uh-huh. live actions in the 90s. This kid will not actually be cool, but he will have a skateboard. Yeah. He will have his bangs in his eyes. Yeah. Cor- Corey Hain before he went off the rails. There you go. Yeah. And he doesn't have that future ahead of him, this kid. Uh-huh. I don't think Zach does. I think Zach's on a better track, seems like. Hey, hey, Ivy, you work in this case with me? Correction, you are working this case with me, little brother. Yo, Playmeister, what's up? The biggest piece pulling all that together is the army jacket. Mm-hmm. Because you can't put him in a leather jacket. That's too cool. Yeah. And you can't not give him a jacket because it's cold outside. Uh, or it could be. Yeah, or could, could be. be. Yeah. yeah, he needs to be. And also you need to give him some personality with his clothing. So the army jacket is a little bit edgy. Yeah. It also has me wondering, oh, are they army brats? Is, did their da- they lose their dad uh-huh. in Operation Desert Storm? Yep. And now and this they is why they're out. They used yes. to travel. And this is now they're, they're out just trying to find meaning in the world that yep. took their father from them. Uh-huh. I wore my dad's army jacket all the time when I was in junior high for many of the same reasons are just listed of it's cool. It's edgy, but it's not so much it's of a not choice. Armor jacket. No, cool. it's, it's not that yeah, kind it's of not choice. Maverick, cool, but well, cause you have to live up to something. If you wear a leather jacket, if you're going to wear a leather jacket somewhere, it's like, did you ride a motorcycle here? Yeah. Is your Cessna out there? You yeah. got a Cessna out there, buddy. Both an army jacket. It's like, Oh, okay. You don't have to explain yourself. Yeah. You don't have to answer for it. You know, <laughs> But the reason that I wore it was not so much that. It was because we had to tuck our shirts in for the first semester that I was in junior high. That was the big thing going into junior high. They didn't warn me about bullying. They warned me, hey, you guys are going to have to tuck your shirts in. And oh, I, you uniform? You're a uniform we didn't. No, we didn't have a uniform. You just had to tuck your shirt in, the shirt you wore to school that you even chose if it was for yourself. A, even if it had designs on it, you had to tuck it in? Every shirt in the school had to be tucked in. What? Yes. What was, what was so, the reasoning behind like, the tucked in shirt? It looked nice to them. But does it look nice when I, a 90 pound, five foot whatever kid, am wearing a helmet shirt that goes down to my knees and has to be tucked into baggy jeans? Is that a good look? I'm going to tell you it's not. So like is the army jacket draped over all of that. Well, mess? So what I would do is I would like tuck the back in and the front, like kind French, of French tuck, yeah. kind of maybe. I don't know if it was as sophisticated as uh-huh. a French tuck, but basically just hide it. And I got called on it a few times, but I would just hide what was going on with my shirt with the jacket in the hallway. And then once you're sitting, no one's going to notice anyway. But I mean, it was so physically uncomfortable to have your shirt tucked in for a kid who just never tucked. 
I was a no tuck chuck. Dude, yeah. yeah, I've never heard of this. This is it's this is next level. And they and I the first day of second semester, seventh grade, junior high, coming back, they announced over the loudspeakers, like halfway through the day, almost like they were deliberating in, in a room somewhere down to the minute. Are we gonna keep making them tuck or not? They come on the the thing at like 12 p.m. No more tucking. You guys can untuck your shirts. But why just tell us this before we come back? <laughs> oh my oh, so you made it through how long? How long was the tuck roll? Uh a semester. But I made it through. I, I, you know, I weathered the semester Thank of God. it. It was such horseshit, man. Don't tell fucking kids to t- tuck their shirts That's in. That's too much, man. That's, what kind of control are we trying to exert over these kids? It's like, well, you got to tuck in your shirts. I, I, I remember in high school, you couldn't, you couldn't wear cut off pants, like on the bottoms. Really? You couldn't have frays. So, so they'd make <sighs> you staple. They'd, they'd make you staple their phrase oh around. Oh, my God. Okay, I don't know if anyone, I mean, everyone here that's probably listening was a victim of these things, but uh, I, I want to say officially on the record that if you are someone who came up with one of these policies, I invite you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> Good on you to kill Hard. yourself. Yeah, I need you to go to hell right now because what the what kind of shit is that? Uh-huh. Of course, we, we, you and I never had to deal with, well, your shorts are too short and your skirt is not this uh-huh. right thing. Like, we didn't have to deal with These any of that Jinkos, shit. These are my Jinkos, man. Yeah, I think if we, got, we were under that level of <laughs> scrutiny. But we weren't. Uh-huh. So the army jacket was my band-aid for tucking in a shirt. This kid's wearing it. Zach is just a cool dude, man. Hell he's, yeah. he's spunky. He seems to, he seems to be maybe if he had a role on the show, it might be hacker. I don't think we see him doing that. Right. But if she's the badass kick-ass type, he's probably the brainy. Not brainy because he's too too much tood yeah. to be the brains. But maybe he does machines. That and he's probably about, what, two years her, her junior? Yeah, something like that. Something like that right? Yeah, it's something where like maybe she's a senior, he's a freshman, and she's uh-huh. like, oh, my brother talks to me while we're at school together. Uh-huh. But they're not in school because they probably live in a campus of the Acme Detective Agency, <laughs> and they're undereducated in ways of the world. <laughs> they can point to everything on a map, but they cannot tell you like how to pay taxes. Uh-huh. That's yeah. education. <laughs> <laughs> So they're they're on the case now. The player has selected his players. The chief is yapping away, letting them know, hey, we got to get over to Amsterdam. Shit's gone missing. Carmen is out there. Where is she? We don't know. We're here to answer the question. They introduce the C5 portal. I don't know why it's C5. I tried to, I looked it up. No answers. No answers are forthcoming. (laughs) Acme Detective Agency has, I reached out for an interview Uh, and they did not reply. Well, they didn't reply by the time of this recording. Gotcha. But that's basically I'll it. send him a text. A see decline. if I can get something from him. Oh, you got the inside track? Yeah. yeah With the chief? It, I'll check it out. Um, but, I mean, just my, my contact over there. So I'll just see. <laughs> wow. Secretive. <laughs> <laughs> the C5 corridor is a portal that opens up in the air. It looks like it's made out of holograms and math equations and, and things like that. <laughs> and the kids get thrown into it. They don't like it because it sucks them through this. But you as a viewer, I guess as a player... Enter this computer graphics hallway of pictures and videos, a perfect recreation of playing edutainment CD-ROM games. Uh All the CD-ROM games had this level of pre-rendered 3D visuals that at the time were like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And now if you look at them, you're like, I I would vomit up something better than that on accident. But you're just seeing all these videos and pictures of, like if you're going to Italy, you're going to see the Leaning Tower of Leaning Tower of Pizza and all these other things pass you by while the chief rapid fire gives you trivia about the place it reminded me of a game that i loved then also felt guilty because it quickly fell by the wayside this is one of those okay it was a cd-rom game called 3d dinosaur adventure welcome to 3d dinosaur adventure dinos 
I'm heavy on dinos. Oh, bro, that's a young man's game. I'm How a, old were you? Uh, not junior. Yeah, not junior high. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I was well within you, the age. Oh, range. you're still good. You're you're at the top apex of of your dino. Knowledge. I was as old as a dino kid is allowed to okay. be before they're kicked out <laughs> With of the, all the information yeah. you can get. Yeah, it's the menudo of interests. Like once you get too old, then they, they yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to like dinos uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah, you need a new a new cast member at yeah. that point. Yep. I don't think that there was any game to it because it was edutainment. It was just pure edutainment. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the purest. Uh (laughs) But you would be going down like a a hallway that is a 3D representation of a museum and like look at different paintings or different pictures of dinosaurs. And if you entered them, then you would go to another part of like a dinosaur park or a certain type of maybe a game or like a picture gallery or something like that. And then if you get all the way down to the end of it, there's like a, a raptor statue and then it's in 3D and you can go around it and look at it, but it's like once you've gone through it once you're good yeah you're fine there's uh. not there's not a replay value to this thing so once i had gone through it it no longer had value and i'm like oh man my dad got this for me uh-huh. and i asked for it and now i don't use it at all it's 105 just, bucks for it it's just taking up three space. days it up. <laughs> yeah so just had me in mind of that but that's what these it is just like okay this is what a video game would look like at this time where it's like you're just going through a, a slow rolling tracking shot of a hallway of it looks like reboot yep basically mm-hmm. and Chiefs filling you in on all kinds of things about Amsterdam, whatever. They keep, this happens there a lot, but it happens elsewhere. Anytime the chief is going to give you info, they keep cutting away to these little animations that are in a totally different style from the show. When the chief is explaining trivia, usually is when it comes up. Yeah, like, like Beekman's World, you know, Bill Nye. Uh, is, yeah, yeah kind of like that. Shit. Where it's like, it's like a trivia dump. Yeah. Like they're giving you... They're giving you the EpiPen full uh, of uh, info that there's, hey, by the way, so you're not in the dark here on what Amsterdam is. And, and then how just important they are, yeah. Squirt you full. Ivy and Zach head through the C5. They arrive in Amsterdam. They're going to investigate. They're immediately seen by a little French mole man. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can describe him. Yeah, that's, a mole man. that's pretty good. He watches them arrive. He's on a bicycle. He's on a, a, a bridge nearby mm-hmm. observing these children. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> no. Hey, boss, you there? Those two teenagers from the Acme Detective Agency are already here. Is my little surprise waiting for them at the scene of the crime? Oh, check. This is Touriste Classe, one of Carmen Sandiego's many, many henchmen. She has a whole operation going under an acronym. If you're evil and you put people together in a room automatically an acronym is just generated for you. Uh, I'm sure like the government just drops in and says, hey, just want to let you know, this is the name you're going to have. Uh-huh. Vile, V-I-L-E, Villains International League of Evil. And Therese Classe and all of these other bozos that are a part of this, all of them have joke names, kind of like uh, James Bond Jr. Like they're okay. having too much fun in the writer's room coming up with these names. And they all have a theme of some kind. Therese Classe just seems to be a French man. I guess right. that's enough, right? Yeah, a French mole. He's very French. Yeah, he just looks like a mole man. I don't even think that's part of his his shtick. He's just kind of moly. Mole. <laughs> we get a little bit of action. They notice this dude. They chase him on scooters that somehow end up in the air at some yes, point. It yeah. seems like one, every one flies, his flies. Every ve- every vehicle chase they do, somebody ends up in the air. Uh, like it doesn't matter. They could be on a boat, they could be under the water in a submarine, someone's gonna end up flying. Yeah, it all goes to air yeah. real quick. And the chase is on. And that's a little cliffhanger because this is when they bring in the trivia. Mm-hmm. They just have, I mean, we have all kinds of trivia being like blown into your ear just throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Sweet like just whispers. Yes. Whenever they do an ad break, they just go to a, no one says out loud the question. It is just text on screen. Yep. What's another name for the Netherlands? And we've already covered it. <laughs> Holland, baby. Yeah. I just wrote Norway. 
Question mark? Because I'm playing along. You know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm writing my notes and I was yeah. like, Norway? And again, I dropped that AP geography. Yep, How would did. I know this? Yep. We were just, we were on US geography at that time. We hadn't <laughs> graduated to Europe and all that shit. So I got that wrong. Did you know there was a second one later on? Largest desert in the world, three and a half million square miles of sand. I think I knew it. What was it? Sahara. Oh, yeah. You think you knew it, though? Well, wait, I mean, I didn't. At the time. I didn't, I didn't guess. I didn't guess. I just, I just Travis, watched the whole thing. Do you even want to cover Carmen San Diego? <laughs> You're the one that brought her up. You're the one that suggested her last time. <laughs> well, I got it right. Uh-huh. And I wrote, fuck yeah, after that. So that's me giving me a pat on the back. Finally, our kid detectives are at the museum where this initial thieving occurred. Uh They're learning about the painting from the curator. So they're learning about Vincent Van Gogh, who's a famously troubled guy, right? right? Didn't have an easy time in life. Uh Uh, He's not really kid. He's not G-rated. Didn't didn't lead a Disney life, that guy. And Zach Zach is kind of insensitive throughout the show. Hey, wasn't Van Gogh that dude who went ballistic and cut off his own ear? No bedside. No tact. I mean, he is like 13, so I was not exactly a... (laughs) I wasn't politicking at the time myself, uh-huh. but they wrote him to say that. No one really tells him to cool it on what he's saying, just that he's talking too much, yep. which we're all agreed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spunky kids don't have a place in this podcast. <laughs> at this museum, when they're, I guess, observing this mutilated painting, a 10 wind up toy of Carmen Sandiego. Like this oh, lady. Oh, yeah. Starts, starts walking towards them. Yes. Yeah. This lady. Is, she spares no expense. She's taunting. She must be spending all of the money she makes off of whatever she does. On smoke toys. Yes, <laughs> on, on on how she just advertises. Like uh-huh. it goes immediately back into the craft of being a shithead to the people that she is tricking and leading around by the nose while she's stealing shit. And it says, before it explodes. I had the biggest nose, but I might be lying. Biggest nose, but I might be lying. So the detective work really begins here, right? Yes. Yes. These agents treat the player, the real human who is controlling the game that they're in, they treat him like an assistant. Mm -hmm. They don't let him do any investigation, really. They say, Player, access the computer files on big noses. Player, cross-reference big noses with famous liars. Player, punch up famous animal lions. Basically, go Wikipedia everything for me real quick and then get back to me and I, the computer, will solve the issue here. That's why this whole setup of there's a kid behind the scenes that's controlling it doesn't work. Why are you sending? Like, don't. First off, you're the computer. I tell you what to do. If I get a whiff of Skynet, I'm shutting this shit down. (laughs) Two, this is the most amateur I host an quote unquote investigative podcast in a garage somewhere version of investigation. Oh, she mentioned noses. Look up big noses on Google. Right. So this is why, again, children and this level of detecting, this is why this woman has been a menace since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, they realize that what she's talking about is the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. So they see five over to Giza and Egypt. We get a bunch of action stuff here. Carmen San Diego has not just these like name henchmen that have funny names and all that kind of fun stuff. Yep. She has just a, a whole army of just henchmen and they all seem to come from like a New Jersey agency, like another <laughs> brand, like a henchman agency because everybody talks like this. Get her. Oh, she's over there. Hold it right there. They attack. Ivy gives them a Kung Fu. That's what she's there for. Everyone falls off Karate the Sphinx. Specialist. Yes. They end up in a hovercraft chase in the desert. Uh-huh. This isn't a thing that doesn't exist. I don't mean hovercraft like you're in the Florida swamp. I mean <laughs> right? like you were in the air, like land speeders you're on Tatooine. Yeah. You're in a plane. A, a very low flying plane. Yes. Essentially. They escape the henchmen. It was a trap. Another update from the chief. 
Carmen Sandiego has struck again. Jesus In Spain, of all places. She has stolen the nose off of a painting, Picasso's portrait of Jaime Sabarte from 1939. It looks like a medieval courtier, one of these guys with the hats and the spears and the frilly collar. Yep. And it looks like they just took one of these guys and then wrung his face out like a wet towel. (laughs) Picasso being very impressionistic. That's what this is. She took the nose off of that. And it's easy, too, because it's kind of all the way on one side and Uh everything else is over on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pluck it out of there. It's easy. (laughs) Exacto knife and out. Yes. A clue is left behind talking about the most famous smile in the world. And you you know when this cartoon was produced based on Ivy's response. Who's got the most famous smile in the world? (sighs) Tom Cruise. A little out of character for Ivy in that I don't think she I don't think she was a cruise guy. Uh-uh. I think she had better taste than that. Right. But we're talking about his famous smile. He does have a famous smile, famously bad before he got his teeth capped. Ooh, yeah, I watched shade. I watched Top Gun the other day, and it's like it's, his teeth weren't even that bad. But you know, compared to like the perfect straight yeah. smile that he has now. But yeah, you watch an old movie, you're like, what's wrong with this guy? What, what's different about him? And it's like, oh, he's just not perfected yet. We haven't like carved him into a statue at this yeah, point. Yeah, right. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. he hadn't dumped a hundred grand in his teeth. He hadn't made it yet. The Mona Lisa, of course, is the yeah. most famous smile. So they see five over to Paris, France at the Louvre, mm. where they find the mole man himself, Therese Classe, using a laser to cut glass <laughs> to get to the Mona Lisa. So who's watching these fucking museums? Yeah, right. Like guy, this guy is not even a super spy or a super criminal. He's just a dude on a bike and he just waltzes into the place. The kids confront him, but Carmen Sandiego finally shows up face to face with the kids mm-hmm. and they, I guess she just like, just fucking scares them because they, suddenly they are trapped in a room full of medieval implements and like lesser masterpieces, I guess. Yep. Just like a room at the back room, like the janitor's closet or something of uh-huh. a fancy museum. <laughs> they don't know how they're going to get out. Player. Player. Google keys for me. <laughs> player. Player. Look up locksmith. Houdini. Houdini. Where Dini? Why Dini? Why Dini? Why, why Dini? <laughs> Ivy finally is jumping on like the overhanging like chandelier or whatever it is and is trying to swing into the door so just kick him open because she is the, the ninja. Yeah, she's Kung the two. She's a Kung Fu. Heavy. Yeah. But the thing that gives her enough power to do that is the pure rage she feels when her brother calls her sis. Hey, I didn't hear you come up with anything better, sis. How many times have I told you? <clears throat> Don't. Call me this! Okay, okay, you made your point. Uh, this is something that has been showing up throughout the episode. Like three or four times. Yeah, she's always up. like, don't call me sis. I told you that. I don't know if it's a thing of like, I don't like being your sister, so don't remind me. Or what? I don't know why, like, where in the world are, is Carmen Sandiego? And also, where in the world is someone who genuinely is offended and angered to be called sis right. by their brother when she is female identifying? And that gives her enough rage to just plow through the door. Uh-huh. Fucking, I, can't, I hate it when my brother calls me sis. <laughs> Call me Ivan. Yes. All right, well, they've lost Carmen Sandiego again. <laughs> it's just cat and mouse over and over and over. Like, that. that is the structure of these shows. It's same, just, old, same old dance. Chief buzzes in. Update. Carmen's now stolen the television airwaves for the entire world. Don't ask me how she did it. Don't ask me how she did it. A writing masterclass is being put on in this moment. Uh Don't ask me how she did it, but that's happening right now. Just get (laughs) to the next scene. Carmen San Diego is broadcasting in front of a cave painting in a cave somewhere. They all look the same. They These do. cave paintings, like I, I couldn't pick yeah, one out of the lineup. Hieroglyphics, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> no, hieroglyphics? 
It's like sorry. it's like a painting of a guy stab like you know of a, a stick figure stabbing a woolly mammoth, a blob that's supposed to be a woolly mammoth hieroglyphics. We left that back in Giza with yeah, the Sphinx. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. we're on to caves now. Her plan feels jokery. It's kind of like a, a ransom note approach to making art mm-hmm. because what she's doing is stealing like face pieces off of paintings to like put together her own piece of art, which we never see. In this episode, like, I want to see Van Gogh eyes, Picasso nose, all that shit. Like, I don't know what she's making, why she's doing it, except to make a point. What did the people at Acme Detective Agency do to her when she was young as a young detective that this is how she's going to express herself? Starving for attention, yeah. Man. Or it's like a National Treasures thing where it's like, if you put together all the pieces of the paintings, you find the real Constitution. Yeah, right. (laughs) You watch those? No, but I really want to now. (laughs) I really want to see Nick do his thing. Uh huh. That is one. That is a Nick Cage that easily could be turned into a cartoon. Oh, Serious. hell yeah. Easy. It's already Disneyfied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, the kids don't know what cave she's in. There's a lot of caves in the world. That cave, Cave of Wonders from Aladdin, I <laughs> uh-huh. think, is what it's called. So, like, where, where, where in the, the world? Ca- just bear caves. A bear just cave. A bear yeah, cave. Yeah. That's the bear cave. Uh-huh. Where in the world is the cave is what they want to know. <laughs> They do have a clue that they didn't know what it meant until now. They found Spanish currency in a henchman's robe when they had a tussle. And on one of them was just like written with shoe polish or something. Let's go cave. There are only three famous caves nearby. Thanks, player, for Googling that for us. As we told you. And one of them is called not the Let's Go Cave, but the Lasco uh-huh. Cave. Now they know where it is. C5 over there. Carmen's doing her thing. Putting on a broadcast. I do appreciate that for once... They're actually showing us the production and crew behind when a supervillain, like a Bond villain, addresses the United Nations. Yep. There is a set. There are lights. There are people operating cameras, all henchmen. And I just appreciate that because they're often forgotten, the crews behind the villains. Yep. They need <laughs> they need credit. <laughs> These kids know that they can't overtake, I don't know, 10, like, probably like Jersey dads that just needed money to <laughs> get to the Super Bowl this year. That's my origin story for these guys. They're like trying no, to get together good. Super Bowl money. Yeah, that's good. It's expensive, man. It's, it's expensive ain't cheap. Well, yeah. yeah, they want to do stay at the hotel and probably do like a good seats and everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do a VIP yeah. thing. Yeah. And food and all that. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. You gotta feed yourself. For sure. They know that they can't overtake these guys, but Ivy has a plan. Oh, yeah. What lives in caves? Bats. Bats, baby. This isn't Batman's cave. Don't don't get them twisted. It, uh, yeah. It's just that it's a cave that has bats in yeah. it. Real mm-hmm. bats. She's going to shine the light, her flashlight, on the bats, and that'll freak them the fuck out, and Hell they will yeah. just fly everywhere, which is what happens. And the henchmen is like, they're everywhere. Oh, man, they're getting me. It's like, they just, uh, any toughness goes out my the window. Super Bowl dreams. Ah, they're in my hair over here. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's, so I would go to the, the Dallas Public Zoo as a kid. Is it the Public Zoo? Dallas City the Dallas Zoo. City Zoo, the <laughs> Dallas Public Library Zoo. You can check out a zebra, and if you bring it yes, back, yeah, yes. I would go to the Dallas Zoo as a kid, and they had a train that would go into a cave and then like back out of it or mm-hmm. something. And I don't know how it was related to a zoo, except that there were bats in the cave. Yep. And every time the bats would you know zoom out at some point, and multiple people would yell the same thing. What do people yell when bats are around? Bats? They're in my... (laughs) Bats? I think that's fire, maybe. (laughs) Bats! They're bats, guys! (laughs) No, I think the people would yell bats. I think that's accurate. Right? Well, the thing that they did yell... It's our bats. The thing that they did yell that I often heard and often hear when bats are involved, 
They're in my hair, is what they yell. <laughs> People think that bats are attracted magnetically to hair. Oh my God, they're in my hair! Like, that's the worst thing that you could have. Bats! Bats! <laughs> also, they're in my hair! <laughs> but they're bats! Bats are in this tunnel! Uh, that's what they do, and the thing is, we would come out of the tunnel... And guess what? There were no bats in no anybody's bats in hair. hair no. huh? Yeah, like not once was a bat trapped in like a beehive hairdo or something. Uh, or so your long hair, your long luscious I hair. I did. Have, well, yeah, I might have gone to the zoo when I had long hair. Maybe yeah. I might have been too cool for that school. But <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the bats don't just go into hair and they didn't with these henchmen either. So let's, let's prove that wrong. Yep. Stamped urban legend. <laughs> yeah. Bats. <laughs> bats. <laughs> <laughs> they would say that too. Right? I, we're both turning to not be too loud on mic, but also as if we're on the train yelling at people behind us, bats, careful, they're coming for you. <laughs> the bats not only distract the guards and, and, and scatter everybody, in the chaos that ensues from this bat attack, the henchmen knock over the lights. These lights are big. Oh, they're yeah. hot. The fucking cave catches on fire. I feel like that wasn't part of the plan, but oh, it's like sure. it's, it's a windfall for them because that really. But they could also be burning up the paintings and shit. I just yeah. it's this and, is or, or the bats. We killing the bats. Okay, too. yeah. This is 1994. We still care about bats. Oh yeah, and we still care about burning cave paintings down. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's just slow your fucking roll, <laughs> Ivy, and think ahead next time for you kung fu that shit. You're 16 years old. Think you're better than this. Okay, <laughs> you're a better spy than this. Fire sends everyone out of the cave. Carmen San Diego, the mole man, all of her henchmen, they get in a plane and they're off, man. She escaped once again, seemingly with her weird mashup painting, like chimera of a painting uh-huh. that she put together. Zach's worried. Ivy says, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Finger whack. No, no, no. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Uh, this is a chef ki- chef's kiss for her plan that she enacted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ivy, for your plan? A bunch chef of kiss. mini chef kisses. I like that. It's very nice. This is what we're, tr- we're trying to push yeah, this forward for yeah. 2022. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mini chef kisses. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do them <laughs> fast and enunciate them. Yeah, you have to kind of hit yourself in the mouth. Yeah. You got to go one finger. You can't You can't do the whole pinch point. No. Yeah, it's like you're kissing a hand puppet if you do that. Her plan, well, I don't even know what her plan was. Well, what ended up happening uh-huh. is Carmen Sandigo thought she got away. She unearths her painting in the plane. Oh, it's a children's drawing done by Ivy herself and mm-hmm. says better luck next time or some kind of taunting shit. Yeah. You got, you done got Carmen San Diego, Carmen. Eat our ass. Eat my ass. You imagine that? Eat our asses. Just, just stick fingers at both of them. Eat our ass. Go to fuck. They got the pieces of the paintings. Carmen just got the, she got the little, she got this, this thing, the ear asses painting. It was a swisheroo. Uh, yeah. Carmen, you got fucked on this one, but she's amused she by it. Fucked. She's always amused by this. She's like, hmm, such smart children. Maybe There's next motivation, time. bro. Yeah. Well, motivation she, for her ass. That's the thing. She's not in this for money. Uh-huh. She is in this purely to play head games. <laughs> yeah, bro. She's all about head she's games. She's a sicko. She probably that, sleeps upside down. She's a fucking weirdo, man. She's a bro. fucking freak, bro. Do we hear Carmen saying he was a fucking freak, bro? <laughs> Did you hear this about Carmen Sandiego, bro? But you know she is, though, bro. She, Yo, I heard the boss is on, a fucking freak, though, man. <laughs> I heard the fucking boss is a freak, though. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl, but all I'm thinking about is like that boss might be a fucking freak, though, bro. <laughs> Bats. <laughs> oh, man. Cold, cold brew refill. Oh, shit. 
All right, we're almost out of this one, folks. We're yep. almost out of this. So that's that is really the end of the episode. They they've gotten their pieces of <laughs> of the paintings back. Carmen is entertained, so I guess that's all that really matters for her. Yeah, it's just a thrill. But one of the kids says, "Let's trace back our steps and restore some masterpieces." Well, guys. I don't know that these can be restored. Yeah, for she sure. She took an X-Acto knife and cut out parts. Like, yeah. I know that all I know about restoring art is Sigourney Weaver's character in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> that's all I know about it. That's good. No, and that's good. they just seem to be dotting a brush at a painting that is old. Like, that's all. They're like putting isotoner or something like that, like trying to get something off of it. How do you fix this? The touch-up can be minimal. Uh, I I don't know if you can reattach. If you can just uh, take piece. something that was literally just cut out yeah. of it, like, yeah, I don't think don't that's gonna know. happen. I think we're three down as far as masterpieces go <laughs> in this world. Next three, yeah, bring them out. Uh-huh. Well, this, you know, and that's the thing. People don't understand that everyone who follows conspiracy theories knows that they have backups for all of these. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that's the only Statue of Liberty we've ever had? Think again, buddy. Come on. Ooh. And that's the end of the cartoon, but not the end of Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> In 2019 and through 2021, Netflix had a Carmen Sandiego animated series. And I think this proves both that Carmen Sandiego cannot be stopped, but also that the sun is set on edutainment, uh-huh. let's say, uh, <laughs> because it is Carmen Sandiego and it is kind of a prequel. It shows her as a detective at the Acme Detective Agency when she's younger, and they bring in characters from other things. Like, they bring in Ivy and Zach. They're not exactly the same, but they are also agents at this thing. Yeah. And she is working both sides. She was, like, raised by Vile because she was an orphan to be a thief, but then she started working for Acme, but now she steals items before Vile. I mean, it's... It doesn't make any sense to me to read it, but um, I mean, that's cool. But here's the thing. It's like they have ironed out the edu and kept the attainment on this one. It's Uh like this is like a a cool, dramatic thing for kids to watch. It's stylish and everything. looks pretty high quality. Yeah, yeah, Um, But yeah, there's no edu in here. You got to leave that at the curb because in a post-facts world, you cannot do edutainment. (laughs) Just no room for it. So yeah, that's the final nail in the coffin for learning Disguised as fun, uh-huh. shoved in your brain by <laughs> teachers and the Brugerbund company. Yep. RIP. Rip. Thank you for joining us today for this journey from Kiev to Carolina and everything in between <laughs> that we managed to do here. If you would like to join the Acme Detective Agency, I hear that they look kindly upon those that leave written reviews and five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms for the Days Past Tunecast specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically I'm saying I got an end. Travis <laughs> said he's got somebody he knows. Yeah. Won't admit that it's the chief, but get over there, do that, and uh, we'll put in a good wood for you. Yeah. Check us out on our Twitter and Instagram at DPTunecast. And uh, get your crime bucks and go over to our website, dptooncast.com. All of our podcasts are there. Uh, Mini chef kisses. Uh, Get over there. Just get right over there. And uh, yeah, it's a one-stop shop. We don't have any maps over there yet, but, you know. We're working on maps. We're we're going to get a map of the show. I don't even know what that would look like, but we'll make it happen. (laughs) Just the studio. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's like, here's a chair. Here's a microphone. That's for Wilson. Ghostbusters poster. Yep. Godzilla toy. All right, the the best part of the show is here again. Oof. Of course, the segment of the show where we choose, uh, Travis and I alternate, choosing what cartoon will be covered on the next episode of the Days Past Tunecast. 
And so uh, I've been cutting my hair in pandemic, and yeah. uh, and and looks I good. think I'm gonna thank you. I'm thinking yeah, I'm just gonna good. keep doing it. Yeah, uh, it's, I like it. And uh, the thing is, it had gotten a little wacky on top, you know, a little, okay. a little, a little, a little okay. spiky. Yeah. And I looked at myself and I said, you know, you look like kind of look like one of those troll dolls. And uh, it's funny because there's a cartoon that existed briefly in the '90s, very briefly, <laughs> that no one will remember. Yeah. Called Stone Protectors, in which the troll dolls were turned into a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. Gotta get the boys interested. Kind of cartoon. <laughs> Muscular trolls in a band with gems on their bodies. What the fuck? <laughs> we're gonna talk about this? You better fucking believe we're talking about this. Where are my bros at? Where are my bros at, trolls? Where are my trolls at? Is good the pick. question we're gonna be asking. This is a good pick. Stone protectors. I can't say a 90s gem, uh-huh. but a 90s, a 90s thing. A 90s cartoon yeah. that came out for 13 uh-huh. episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So basically, trolls. If you're if you're a fan of pencils and the the thing that would cover their erasers, you're gonna love this next episode. Hell yeah! Until that time, just meditate on what a troll is, and in the meantime, tutor my tutor, bats. <laughs> tutor my tutor. Bats. <laughs> bats. Here my hair. Bats. Oh my god, they're in my hair. Oh, I meant bats. <laughs> I'm talking about bats. <laughs> <laughs> it's one long kiss that you're just smacking your hand into. I'm going to hurt my teeth doing this. That's, 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 baby. that's. <laughs>